Hello, I hope you're having a good day. Uh, I'm glad you could meet with me again today. We are continuing on with our study of Genesis. And we're up to chapter 33. Today we're going to uh, talk about how Jacob has a meeting with Esau. The dreaded meeting he's not been looking forward to for quite a while. Probably ever since he uh, took that birthright away from Esau. I can't put all the blame on Jacob there, though, but Esau, he, uh, he, he despised his birthright. And so they're, they're both to blame. But it's going to be an interesting meeting, what happens to, between these two, uh, these two men. And uh, we'll see what they, happens between them. So if you're ready, let's get started with chapter 33, starting with verse 1. It says this, and Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau came, and with him 400 men. And we heard about the 400 men last chapter. It says, And he divided the children of Leah, and unto Rachel, and unto the two handmaidens. So he, he broke everybody up into four sections. Uh, now we're, we're going to see now that uh, Jacob is willing to meet with Esau. Now that he's had this, his encounter with God, as we read in the last chapter, Isaac's a, I, I, not Isaac, but Jacob is a different person now. God has done some changing of Jacob, and he's going to go in and meet with Esau and, I guess, take whatever comes his way. He's decided to own up to what he's done. And so it says, Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau came, and with him 400 men. So at this point, we know that Jacob is probably pretty worried, and he's dividing up his people the best he can to try to preserve as many as he, as he can. He, he probably, at this point, feels like Esau is going to attack them. So in, in verse 2, And he put the handmaids and their children foremost, and Leah and her children after, and Rachel and Joseph, kinder most. Now, this may uh, sound like uh, it, it's it's just a strategy. It's a it's a uh, it's a strategy for war. And uh, he put the handmaids out front. Not that he didn't care about them. He did care about them, but clearly he cared about them less than he did his two wives, Leah and Rachel. And so the two handmaidens and their children, they went out front and led the way. And so then he puts Leah, who was uh, his second choice of wife, actually, even though he ended up, if you remember, he ended up marrying her first. And then he puts the wife, Rachel, whom he loves the most, he put her in the very back, trying to protect her the best he could, her and her son Joseph. And uh, remember, we discussed the last time that her Rachel's son Benjamin, he's not born yet. It won't be for a couple more chapters that he will be born. I don't know if she's pregnant at this time, but it doesn't. Scripture doesn't mention that she is, so she's probably not. And so uh, let's just continue on. Uh, Jacob has got the people laid out the best he can in case Esau attacks him with his four men. Verse 3, 
And he passed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. So we're seeing a different Jacob altogether. He, instead of uh, making the handmaidens go out there alone, he, he lined them up, all, you know, in case the worst happened. He did line them up how he wanted them lined up. But then he went and went in front of them all. Instead of hanging, like we read before, instead of him hanging all the way in the back and him telling his servants to say that Jacob is behind us, this time he goes right out in the front. I'll tell you, when we have an encounter with God, when we spend time in prayer, when we spend time fasting, we spend time in God's word and working for him. When we, I'll tell you, when you have an encounter with God, you walk away as a changed person. I can't always say how you're going to be changed. That's God's business, how he does the changing. But we will be changed people. We will be becoming more of what God wants us to be. And isn't that what you want to be? Don't you want to be more of what God wants you to be? Now let's look at what happens here. In verse 4, And Esau ran to meet him, that's Jacob, and embraced him, and fell on his neck, and kissed him, and they wept. Now this is the last thing that Jacob was expecting. Jacob was expecting to be at a, in a war with Esau and his men. The last thing he was expecting was Esau to be glad to see him. But it's been over 20 years. He hasn't seen his twin brother. And Esau kind of has let go of what happened back there with the birthright and the blessing. He, he's kind of let that go, and he's just happy to see his brother. And all this time, over the 20, 21 years we're looking at here, Jacob probably had thought about this many, many times and had worried about this many, many, many times that he knew someday this encounter was going to happen. It, someday he was going to run into Esau again, and he's probably been... Mulling over his mind and worrying and thinking, oh, I know we're going to be at war someday. Doesn't that happen to us here today? We have things that we're just worried about that we haven't dealt with, that we haven't given to God. You know, if Jacob didn't have to have this happen at all, had he just not played the trickster and bought Esau's birthright uh, and then tricked his father Isaac into giving him his Esau's birthright, none of this would have happened. If, if Jacob had just been a little more upright about what he was doing. But he caused all, all this to happen, actually, all of it. And we usually cause our own things to happen to us, too. Too often, we cause things to happen that are not good. But then we, what we happen, we want to blame someone else. Or quite often, what we want to do is blame God. God is never the fault. God is always the fix to our problem. Never the fault. Or we'll want to put the blame on someone else. But what we don't like to do, we don't like to take the blame ourselves. You know, we're very good. I've said over the years, that we are professional rationalizers. We will rationalize uh, that it really wasn't our fault or we didn't have anything to do with it, that something else happened that caused this, this problem, when really we should be taking the blame 
for ourselves, owning up to it, go and repair the problem, and go to God and repair the problem with God. Always remember that we've got to go to God so he can tell us, I mean, so God can fix what we're doing. God wants us to come to him and fix our problems, and then we need to go to whoever whoever we've wronged and make things right with them also. If we want to be right with God, we've got to get things fixed up. Let's continue on with our story. Verse number five says, And he lifted up his eyes and saw the women and the children. This is still Esau speaking here. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the women and the children and said, Who are those with thee? And he said, He said, Now I know Jacob, not saying, you have to kind of follow the story. And he said, The children which God have graciously given thy servant. Isn't that a wonderful answer? God had given him the children. God gives us children today, and aren't they wonderful? And uh, so he, he's Jacob was just explaining to Esau, you know, about his family and how he, his family has grown. In verse number six says, Then the handmaidens came near, they and their children, they bowed themselves. So now the handmaidens, they've got uh, quite a few children, and they come over and introduce themselves and say, you know, we've had these children by Jacob. He's introducing his whole family. And you know how it is when family gets together and they haven't seen each other for a while. Oh, they want to say, oh, look at Johnny's grown up so big and tall. And oh, little Susie, she's just looking beautiful. And they want, they want to hear about all the stories that have happened in, with the family. And that's what's happening here. Esau and Jacob haven't seen each other in quite a while. And now Esau wants to hear all the stories and Jacob wants to hear all the stories. What's been happening in your life? Catch me up. I want to hear it all. Here Jacob thought he was going to be at war with Esau. And now all of a sudden he's having a family reunion. Isn't that wonderful? God just works things out. And so uh, verse 7 says, And Leah also with her children came near and bowed themselves, and after came Joseph near and Rachel, and they bowed themselves, so bowed themselves showing respect, and so they're all, they all want to come over, and they, they haven't had a chance to meet Esau yet, they've probably all heard the story, at least uh, Jacob's, Jacob's side of the story anyway, they've heard the story of, uh, that Jacob has told them about why they're at odds with each other. And yet here they, they get together. They're expecting war. Jacob's got them all set up for war. And Esau just all smiles. And he's saying, oh, my brother, it's so good to see you. And uh, I love getting to see my brothers. My brothers live a long way from me. One of my brothers is about 1,000 miles. And the other one's about over 2,000 miles away. But I love getting to talk to and hear what's going on in their life. It's very exciting. I, every week I try to get to talk to them. And number eight says, And he said, What meanest thou by all this drove which I met? And he said, that's Esau speaking. What meanest thou by all this drove which I met? Remember yesterday we talked about drove means flocks. Because uh, remember that Jacob set up a certain amount of the flocks he was giving to Esau to appease him so he wouldn't be angry with him. So I'll read it one, one more time. 
What meanest thou by all this drove or by all these flocks that I met? And he said, Jacob said, These are to find grace in the sight of my Lord. And uh, not talking about God as Lord, but as Esau. And uh, Jacob's explaining to him, Hey, I, I kind of thought you were going to be angry with me. And I was sending you these flocks hoping to appease you so you wouldn't attack us. And that's a good explanation. You know, just telling the truth of what's out there, that's what we should do. We shouldn't make up falsities. We shouldn't tell the truth what's out there. The truth is always the best way to go. And number verse number nine says, And Esau said, I have enough, my brother. I have enough, my brother. Keep that thou hast unto thyself. So now what we, uh, we see Jacob has offered all these flocks to Esau for, for wronging him 20-some years ago. And Esau is saying, no, no, Jacob, I don't need it. I've got plenty. It looks like they both were fairly wealthy people. You know, uh, Esau had 400 men traveling with him. That's a lot of men. That's a small army. And so he had to feed all those. It would take a lot of uh, animals to feed that many men. And so they're going back and forth saying, oh, I want you to have these flocks. And Esau saying, no, I don't need them. He's probably saying, thank you. I appreciate it, but I don't need it. And then verse 10 says, And Jacob said, Nay, or no, I pray thee, if now I have found grace in thy sight, and that word grace means if I have found favor. Yes, it means favor or acceptance. And so let's read it that way. Let's, let's read it way. And Jacob said, Nay, I pray thee, if now I have found grace or favor or acceptance in thy sight, because he was expecting not to be accepted by Esau, remember. He thought Esau was going to be mad at him. He says, Then receive my present at my hand, for therefore I have seen thy face, as though I had seen the face of God, and thou wast pleased with me. You know, if we saw the face of God, well, we'd probably die first off, but if we did, we'd be so pleased that we got to see the face of God. And so Jacob's saying, it's like I saw the face of God. I'm so pleased at getting to see your face. I don't get to see my brothers as often as I want to, or my mother. My mother's a couple thousand miles from here. I don't get to see her as often as I would like to, but I wish I could, but I do get to talk to them. But it's so nice to see somebody's face and especially if they're happy to see you, that's what we're trying to do. And remember, it's gonna one day we are gonna see God face to face. That's what the Bible tells us. We're gonna see God face to face. And I'm looking forward to it. The scripture says that now we see him as looking through a, a glass darkly. You know, looking through a dark glass. We'll, so we don't see see him completely. But one day we're not gonna be seen through a glass darkly. We're going to see him uh, just right standing in front of us, clear as can be. We're going to see him just like a uh, nice, bright, shining light on him. And we're going to see what he looks like. And we're going to be so happy to see the one that paid the price for our sins, the one that was willing to die for you and I. Isn't that exciting to think that he did that for us? 
And let's keep going. Verse 11 says, Take, I pray thee, my blessing that is brought to thee, because God hath dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. And he urged him, Jacob urged him, and he, Esau, took it. You have to kind of follow who's talking at the time. And uh, verse 12 says, And he said, Let us take our journey and let us go, and I will go before thee. And uh, so they're saying, Let, he's saying, Let's get going, I'll go first. And verse 13, And he said unto him, My Lord knoweth that the children are tender, tender meaning young, and the flocks and herds with young are with me. And if men should overdrive them one day, all the flock will die. So he's saying, look, I've got kids with me that they're young. They're not strong enough to keep up with everybody. We need to slow down for them. And he's saying, also, I got some flocks out here that just had babies. And they're not strong enough to be traveling right now or just not traveling much. So he's saying, uh, we've got to slow down and wait a little bit. And, uh, and so we don't lose our flocks. And in 14, he says, Let my Lord, I pray thee, pass over before his servant, and I will lead on softly. In other words, you go ahead and go, and I will slowly come behind you. That way he doesn't lose his flocks. They needed their flocks. That was important to them. And so, uh, where did I leave off here? According as the cattle that goeth before me and the children are able to endure until I come unto my Lord unto Seir. So Seir is just another way of saying Edom. Uh, so uh, Jacob is saying, I will just come slowly behind you and I'll follow you down to Edom. And he wasn't probably expecting to go to Edom because Edom takes them out of the land of Canaan. Uh, Edom is at uh, the southern part of uh, the Dead Sea. And so south, probably the southeast part of the Dead Sea. And so on 15 it says, And Esau said, Let me now leave with thee some of the folk that are with me. And Jacob, and he said, Jacob said, What needeth it? Let me find grace in the sight of my Lord. So these two men are just talking. They're discussing what to do, how to travel. Uh, Esau says, let me leave some people with you to, to help you out. Now, these are two men that are getting along very well. It, when you think that they were worried about being at war with each other, and yet here they are just getting along so famously. Isn't that wonderful? And so uh, Jacob says, no, you don't need to leave any people with me. I'm fine. I can take care of it. He says, Jacob says, let me find grace, favor, or acceptance in the sight of my Lord. Isn't that wonderful how they're talking to the, each other? We should talk to each other that way. Sometimes we talk too harshly to our family. We sometimes take advantage of our family and speak too harshly to them. And we have to be careful not to do that. We want to make sure that we talk appropriately with our family and friends. We shouldn't speak harshly to each other we should show them that we care and for them and love them 
because they are important to our lives. A lot of people think, I don't need my family, but we actually do need our families. They're important to us, and we need to act like they're important to us. And Jacob is finding out that he does need his brother Esau, even though they both didn't think they needed each other after the events that took place 20-some years ago. But they found out during this time apart that they actually missed each other. We, we have to realize that, you know, we actually want to be around our family, even though something might have happened, that we are at odds with a family member. If you're having trouble with your family, try to go to God first and ask him, what should I do to repair this? And God can start leading you, and God can prepare the way, just like he did for Esau and Jacob, that uh, God can help repair the problems that your family is having. The, the problems might seem very large and not fixable, but there are no problems too big for God. Go to God in prayer every day. Saying, ask God to help you to repair the problems in your family because family is important. And not only that, be praying that your, all of your family would be saved and that they would make heaven because that is the most important thing. I can't imagine any of my family, none of my brothers, sisters, mother, dad, uncle, aunts, uncles, or my own children, my sons and my daughter, I couldn't imagine them uh, missing heaven. That includes my grandchildren. I think I called them all. Let's see here, where are we at? Uh, verse 16. So Esau returned that day on his way unto Seir, or unto Edom. And Jacob journeyed to Succoth, Succoth and built him an house, and made booths for his cattle. Therefore the name of the name of the place is called Sakoth. And so Sakoth means booths, B-O-O-T-H-S, booth or booths. That's what Sakoth means. And so he built him a house there at Sakoth. And uh, let's keep going on 18. And Jacob came to Shalem, a city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. When he came to from Padanaram, that's up there where he's with Laban, and pitched his tent before the city. Now this Shalem, this is an early spelling and pronounce, pronunciation. Some people think that this is just an early uh, pronunciation of, of Jerusalem. And uh, you'll see in the Bible that Jerusalem is often called Salem, just the last five letters of Jerusalem, Salem there. But this is, this is spelled S-H-A-L-E-M. I mean, it's in about the same place that we think the city of Jerusalem is going to be. But remember, it's just early, early in history. And so it's probably uh, the city of Jerusalem, just being called Shalem. And Padanaram, remember, is just the region of Haran where that uh, Jacob was working for Laban. In verse 19, and he brought, he brought, and he bought a parcel of a field where he had spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hamor, 
Shechem's father for a hundred pieces, a hundred pieces of money. And so uh, this Shechem, uh, Shechem is the chief of the Hivites uh, and during the time of Jacob's uh, traveling there. He was the chief, the chieftain of the Hivites. And so um, he, he, from, from uh, Shechem's father, he, he bought, he paid 100 pieces of money. And this 100 pieces of money, I've researched it, but it's, uh, we don't get any more information than just 100 pieces of money. We don't know what kind of money it was or when the money was. So actually, it's just an undefined amount of money, undefined unit of money. It, we can't really say how much it is. And in verse 20, and he erected there an altar, though Jacob built an altar and called it Elohim Israel. Now, there's actually on this Elohim, let me spell it for you, the capital E-L-E-O-H-E. There's actually, uh, according to uh, Blue Letter Bible, there's three pronunciations of this name with one of them being Elohim. And the other are, are a little more difficult to pronounce. But what it, what it means, this phrase just means uh, uh, the God of Israel. The Elohim Israel just, just means the God of Israel. So he set up an altar and he called it Elohim Israel or the God of Israel. So that brings us to the end of our study today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you're enjoying, enjoying our study through Genesis. We have now accomplished 33 chapters. We'll get into 34. There's 50 altogether in this uh, in the book of Genesis. So we're going pretty well here, and I hope you're keeping up. And Go back and listen to them if you need to and, and get caught up, and we'll just keep pressing right on through. God bless you, and you have a great day, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.